Uh, good to be back. Good to see you again. It's so good Welcome to see back. you. I feel like we start every episode with, man, I haven't seen you in six months because, I mean, it's kind of... We, we haven't. We haven't seen each other in six months, except for there was a softball we, game. Yes, we, that was so nice, by the way. Thank you for that. Kudos to the police department. Prevailed over the sheriff's office. Sorry for all the deputies out there. Maybe, maybe yeah. next year. And we won't really bring up anything about the fire department because this is not called preacher and the fireman. This is called preacher and the policeman. So we won't bring up how we've fared against the fire. Nevertheless, sure, they can do their own bragging. Yeah, we beat the sheriff's office. So yeah, if you want to brag, get your own podcast. <laughs> but it was it was a blast of a weekend. It was a lot of fun. It was great to see you. Great to be there with yeah. you. Great to be with your family and with all the the family of blue. That was that was just a lot of fun. And it's good to be back on the podcast. I. Just came back from our general conference in Indianapolis for the United Pentecostal Church, and I had several people come up to me and say, man, I really enjoy the preacher and the policeman. When are you guys going to record another episode? I figure we're like that small restaurant that only has four tables and is always packed. Yeah, There's never an open table, and so it creates a buzz. Like, when you guys have an open table? <laughs> it does. It does. It's good to know we're in demand. It is. We are, we're not we're, really great on the supply side, but we're we're in no, demand. Yeah, we we've got the demand. We're almost like the housing market. We have a whole lot more demand than we have right. supply, which is driving exactly. our houses prices up astronomical. Well, we're, but we're culturally relevant that way. We are culturally relevant. See, yeah. look at us. Yeah. Speaking of cultural yeah. relevance, last yeah. episode we closed it up with that little series about tough questions with why has so much evil been done in the name of Christianity? And then at the last episode, we teased that we were going to be back with another episode, but this one will be about surviving social media. And yeah. I doubt at Opata or the Academy, when you all train to be a sworn public service or a peace officer, I doubt there's like an entire semester that's just dedicated to, okay, guys and gals, this is Snapchat. This is TikTok. And now, granted, in two months, these won't even be on the market anymore. <laughs> Something will take their place. But, <laughs> However, social media, just from the time I was there riding along and all that, so many calls are generated from social media. Yeah. There are posts that threaten or mm -hmm. there are posts that allege certain crimes and all that. And so people will call in and say, hey, yeah. just, you know, thought you should know. And that happens with pastoring too. Hey, right. you know, thought you should know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> all this on social media. Yeah, yeah, we gotta have our eyes and ears out. <laughs> social media. Yeah. Thank you to all those civilian police officers and pastors out there who are right. keeping the social media streets safe. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but I'm sure I know social media plays a large part in policing and keeping mm -hmm. people safe because yeah. certainly people can make threats on social media. They can yeah. air some very dirty and very unwanted laundry. On social media, yeah. what what's a story you have that involves law enforcement and social media, and how either social media was used for good, for bad, or both? Yeah. Well, we could probably do series after series on the bad things <laughs> and some of the crazy stories, but they're all pretty short. I think at this point in our society, most people have their own stories and and could probably relate to about anything that I share here today. You know, we've had the people that are harassed on Facebook and, and of course they're really chiming in and they're doing as much harassing. I use that right. term very loosely because they use it incorrectly. Uh, we have threats on Facebook that are legitimate. We've had criminals that actually 
put pictures of themselves. And it could be something, for example, a person who's on probation that is just partaking in some recreational drug and then their probation officer sees it or their their now ex-girlfriend calls us and says, hey, you might want to look at what they just posted. So we have all of these stories and that doesn't even touch the stories that come into play where, and I think every organization at least should be doing this now, you have somebody who's a potential candidate for hire. And what do you need to do now? You have to look at their social media to really get a clear picture of what might be going on here. So everybody at this point now probably is a little more accustomed to it. Back to your statement about the academy. When I went to the academy, there was no such thing as social media. (laughs) So no, I didn't get that instruction. But I have had the opportunity to see in real life what can happen with social media, the good, the bad, the ugly. And the story I thought I'd share, because there's so many of them that would just, they're just crazy, but they're pretty short. And they sometimes don't really have a very good ending. But this one does, because we had a situation with an officer. And honestly, this is just going to be my moment to brag on a particular officer that I was real proud of for this because he had been through some things in his personal life and maybe probably not the best decision making period, but he and his girlfriend really decided to put their nose to the grindstone. They started talking to one of our police chaplains for counseling. They decided they were going to get married and they were going to really take care of business. And that's exactly what they did. And one of the things that they did for each other, they said, essentially, these are, and I'm paraphrasing, this is how we're going to be accountability partners with each other. She said, you're going to get rid of this particular social media platform. And he did. And it wasn't about a, I'm going to catch you. I know I'm going to just bust you. And uh, there's all these traps that I'm going to have to get all these traps. So it was really just saying, I think, I want to make sure that we are not setting ourselves up to fail. And they stuck with that plan. And this one particular social media app, he got rid of altogether, not even on his phone. So a little time goes by and, and they end up getting married. They've got kids together. So it's a great story. But at some point, he has a situation come up where a person in another jurisdiction, another city, ends up committing some pretty serious crimes. And as this person is being investigated, the agency with jurisdiction reaches out to our agency and they says, they say, we have some bad news, guys. This police officer of yours, he's been implicated in this because the person who has committed these crimes is saying that he was relaying all this information and all of these things that were criminal offenses. He was kind of tagging in your officer on this and communicating through this particular social media platform. And of course, we didn't believe that our officer was guilty, but we've got to do our due diligence to investigate this, check it out. And it made it real easy when this officer says, that really can't be a thing because I don't even have that. Oh, you don't have that social media platform? No, my wife made me get rid of that a long time ago and I was glad to do it. (laughs) Thanks, Tom. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So one of those great success stories that all of a sudden somebody who is trying to harm this person that I think we would have eventually figured it out, but it made it real easy because this person and his wife, they were able to say, we're going to at least, there's going to be snares. We know that, but we're going to at least get these deliberate ones out of our way. So it really was a good thing. 
And you take that officer and you look at his situation and say, well, he had this situation. It, it could have really soured him on social media, but it didn't because around the same time, I'm not sure how much longer after that it was, we were on evening shift, very busy shift, and he comes across a motorist that has a, a rector disabled car. Traffic is really crazy at this time of day. And this officer not only stops to help, but he really goes out of his way to assist, making sure she's got a vehicle. The person that he's helping is not from our community. She is from a city that is a significant distance from us. She's just passing through. She had no intention of staying in our city. And here she is in a strange city. She's by herself, doesn't know anybody. But this police officer put everything off to focus on her and make sure that he was able to help her get her on her way safely. She ended up asking if she could have a picture with him, which he said, you know, that's fine. And she ends up putting it on social media. Now, what we didn't know, because this is a city that's some distance from us, we had never heard of this person. She's also a person of African-American descent. And if you don't know our community, you don't maybe understand that we are about, what, 97% white, probably. So there's not a lot of minority representation in our community. So I don't know what she may have been thinking when she came to our community, but at the very least, she is in a strange place. She, this is not home. She is far from home and has a great distance to travel still, but he helps her out and she is so grateful. She puts this on social media. As it turns out, now we had never heard of this person. We didn't know her. She's from another city. As it turns out in her community, she's kind of a big deal. She actually okay. leads these civic groups that represent minority people. She even has a podcast. She does a radio show. And so in this city and probably, I imagine, the region around this city, she's fairly well known. We had just never heard of her. Now, this is also at a time when the defund the police and all of these politicians and groups that are saying the police are bad, the police are harming minorities, uh, we need to reform the police, uh, all of these voices that are out there that are really causing turmoil and really trying to cause division with people. All of a sudden, this social media post appears. I can't remember how many followers she had, but it was very significant. And here she is with our officer. They're side by side, you know, arms tied around each other. And she is just going into great detail and giving him praise about how he helped her out, how he came to her in her time of need and what a wonderful person he was. And the timing couldn't have been any better. We, of course, put that in his personnel file and, and gave him the attaboys that he deserved. But I was delighted to see that he had come from this place where you had a person who tried to harm him through social media. Right. And then we come to a place where now you have somebody that's trying to do good through social media. They're giving blessings and encouragement, and it went such a long way. I, I was encouraged, I have to be honest. <laughs> and That's fantastic. Officer, what yeah. a great thing. So two different scenarios, same officer, and it makes you understand a little bit that, yes, social media, like you said earlier, is something that can be used for evil or it can right. be used for good. Excellent. Yeah. I know with parenting and even with pastoring and doubtless with policing and apparently every other role that starts with P, we can look at social media and say, well, let's get rid of it. It's only bad. It harms. Let's get rid of it. But I wonder, 
man, what would, what would the Apostle Paul do if he had Facebook? Like, yeah. How could he use it? How would he use it to share the gospel? And there's so many ways you could do good with social media, but yeah. there are also pitfalls and traps. And let's get to both of those right after this. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Preacher and the Policeman. I'm LJ. I'm the preacher. And I'm Andy. I'm the policeman. And we'll be right back right after this. And we're back. You're listening to The Preacher and the Policeman, and we are talking about how to survive social media. Social media has been kind of the whipping boy, really, for a long time. People will look at it and say, oh, social media is very bad. MySpace, get rid of it. Whatever you do, <laughs> MySpace, everyone's connected. Then here comes Facebook, and then here comes Twitter, <laughs> and here comes Instagram, and then here comes Snapchat, and then here comes WhatsApp, and here comes TikTok, and all of those absolutely they could be used for bad. They could all be a cautionary tale on what not to do. But they could also be used for good. So we're going to share with you a few, uh, both on the preacher and the policeman side of things, ways we can use them for good and for the sake of the gospel, and also how to stay safe when you're on social media. So let's let's start with the, the safety part of things. Social media. Somebody sends you a, a message, a direct message, and they say, hey... What's up? Mm-hmm. How do you know that's not them? Especially if it comes from somebody's social media account that looks just like them. How yeah. do you know it's not them? Yeah. Well, that happens a lot. And generally, you'll find if you just do a little checking, you'll see that maybe they've cloned that person's Facebook page. But as it turns out, not the whole thing. You've got three or four pictures deep. And you can also go back to your friends list and discover, well, I'm already friends with LJ. So why did LJ Harry send me a friend's request? Without, a, without a picture on his profile. Yeah. Yeah. And now the courteous thing for me to do at that point would be to call you. Luckily, I've got your phone number. You haven't changed it yet. Right. And you'll, I'll Is yours hey, still 911? Yes. <laughs> it's the best way to get me. <laughs> So we could maybe let each other know that, hey, you're, you've been cloned and, and you're using this account or whatever. It's amazing the number of people, though, that fall for these little hooks. You have to understand that these scammers, they cast a wide net. So they'll try a number of different things if they can just get you on the hook. And from there, they're very good at their manipulation and what they do. So whether it's a friend request or it could even be just a random text message as if, they're accidentally misdialing. Hey, are we still on for dinner? Right. And you might make the mistake of saying, I'm sorry, you got the wrong number. And then you're going to get a follow up with this. Oh, I'm so very sorry to bother you. Then another one. You sound so very nice. Thanks for letting oh, me I got know. one of those just the other day. My name is, yes. Yeah. And well, what they're looking for is for, they will cast a wide net and they will find somebody who is a little bit lonely. It starts off as an instant conversation. Most of the time, understand that you may think you're talking to this beautiful young woman in your mind. Chances are it's probably going to be a 40-year-old man, maybe. Who knows? Right. You have no idea, like you said, who's on the other end. But they will cast that wide net and try to get you hooked, whether it's through a text message, whether it's through a cloned account, whether it's through some other type of 
lure or offer of money or companionship. Companionship is the big thing. And that's why people are so driven, I think, to social media is because they want to have that community. There's a void there sometimes, not every time, but sometimes. And if you can find that lonely person that you can ensnare just a little bit with that enticement of companionship, then you may end up doing a lot of damage to that person. If you're an evil person and you want to take advantage of whatever they might have in their bank account or whatever kind of iTunes gift cards that they can send you. The other thing you have to watch for is the <laughs> ones who aren't necessarily going from the romantic angle, but the authority, Hey, this is the IRS or this is the secret right, service. Right. I think most of our listeners probably don't need to hear this, but I'm going to say it anyway. The secret service, the IRS, the FBI, Homeland security, INS, none of them will ever contact you via text or right. through social media. If right. they have to right. with you, it is not going to be through those platforms. So right. please, any, anybody, you know, and, and probably not our listeners, but probably somebody our listeners know will have somebody yes. to tell them, I might go to jail. The IRS right. wants to. Yeah. No, you're not. Because the right. IRS doesn't ask for iTunes gift cards. <laughs> Isn't that, that's crazy. I heard you just the other day. Somebody yes. was like, Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm behind in my taxes, but they said if I send them five thousand dollars in Google Play gift cards, Google yeah. Play, Google Play, Google yes. Play, yeah. but the IRS yeah. now wants to buy some, some, some Fortnite <laughs> currency. Yeah, I've heard that the U.S. dollar is getting weaker, but come on, you're gonna come on Google That's Play. Nice. I mean, Google Play, yeah. really? Yeah. yeah, the IRS really wants to start playing some MLB the Show, so you know, right. Help out right. those new agents who just got hired and give them a, a leg up on their World Series run. So exactly. Yeah. If somebody, can you define for our listeners, if somebody says they are a 16-year-old girl but really are a 46-year-old man, what's that called? Yeah. Is that well, it's, there's a number of different crimes we could, we could let it fall under. Um, if you're a man, an adult man talking to a 16-year-old girl, I would advise you to knock it off. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you will uh, give him a stern talking to. It's going to be at the shame. very least a stern talking to. Shame, shame. You have to get the little fingers out and you start shame, shame, shame. Right, shame. right, right. And, well, and, and that opens up a whole conversation about sex trafficking, human trafficking, things like that. Sure, um, sure. When There's a number, of, and I'm sure people can access this easily enough to see some of these reels where investigators and people will show how quickly they can ensnare would-be pedophiles uh, or sex offenders and things like that by sure. posing as an underage person. The, the rule of thumb, I think everybody needs to follow, and, and it doesn't have to be an extreme situation of, is this a juvenile talking to me, saying inappropriate things? It could be that very simple, a friend request from this person in wherever USA that wants to be my friend. We have no mutual friends. I have no idea who this person is. That person might be completely legitimate. But my rule personally is, and you don't have to follow this if you're listening and you think it's not a good idea. This is my rule of thumb. If we don't have mutual friends, if there's not some way that I know you or that you should know me, then I'm not going to accept your friend request. I have no idea who yes. you are. And that's not because yeah. I'm being unfriendly or anything like that. There's no reason for me to do that. Yeah, I would also caution, this is going to be probably pretty unpopular with any of our, let's just say, secular listeners. Uh, if, it is a, if it is a woman sending a friend's request to me, I go through even more of a personal vetting. 
why should I accept this? Even if there is a mutual friend, why should I accept this? Is my wife going to be okay with this? Does it look appropriate? And I realize Very that good. a lot of people have been hung up on the whole. Uh, some people call it the Mike Pence rule. Some people call it the, um, uh, the, there was somebody else that did it before him. But you, you don't go to lunch with, when it's just you or another person of the right. opposite sex, for example. Right. Um, Billy Graham, I think, maybe did that at one point, and they call it the Billy Graham rule. But I try to be very careful about who I let into that circle. Uh, I don't want I don't want people in that circle that somebody else might realize might say yeah, that's not probably somebody he should be associating with. Only because I want to again those pitfalls we talked about with that officer where he and his wife said we're not we already have enough coming at us. We're not going to add more traps along the way. We're going to try to get as, rid of as many snares as possible. You're just being careful, let alone all the scammers out there, all the people that would try to take money or get gift cards. So there's a few simple rules. The other rule that I have, and this isn't so much anything that has to do with anything criminal necessarily. I don't engage when it comes to debates. When it, You're not going to change someone's mind. Uh, yeah. Why do it? <laughs> I, I just stay out of yeah. the, I stay out of the fray. You know, I may see a post I don't agree with. I may make a post somebody doesn't agree with, but I sure. don't engage in the back and forth and the banter and the division. Um, that's not to say I haven't talked to that person outside of that arena sure. at certain times. But the bottom line is I think you have to establish these rules, make them a hard line that you don't cross for you personally, and pray about it, have that leading of the Holy Spirit, and don't violate those rules that you set in place for yourself, no matter how tempted. Trust me, I see things that I want to get on there and just burn up the keyboard with, what on earth? Why are you even posting this? What do you mean? I don't do it. <laughs> so a few rules that could really keep you out of some hot water, both legally and just when it comes to the personal relationships. Excellent. Excellent. Now, let's talk a little security. If mm -hmm. Somebody does reach out to you, and and maybe part of that whole catfishing where they are a forty six year old guy feigning to be a sixteen year old girl, and they're trying to lure you in. Which obviously catfishing is not about catfish or fishing, but if they're trying to lure you in yeah. through social media, like I got a message from a very very dear friend of mine recently, who it's his photo, it's his name, so clearly it must be him. Direct message, and it just reads, "Hey, what's up." Well, he doesn't talk like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. I think he's in his late 70s, early 80s. He's not going to be like, hey, bro, what's up? <laughs> he's going to say, yeah. hey, LJ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it just, that's weird. Yeah. So I replied right away with, where did we first meet? Mm -hmm. and, if, and if it's really him, he'll be, well, hello, we met at Apostolic right. Church in Mount Vernon. Why are you asking? What a weird question to ask. Yeah. Then I'll know it's yeah. him. But if he doesn't sure. respond, like I had one time, where somebody reached out to me and they, they did that whole thing about this, that, and the other. There's something I really want to tell you about. And I just asked them the question, where do we first meet? And they press, I want to tell you about this offer, blah, blah, blah. Where do we yeah. first meet? And if they won't reply and give me a dignified answer, then we're done. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm done. I block them and then we move on. Right. Yeah. So that's one way we certainly could be safe on social to keep from falling into those traps of whether it, it sure. is for kind of this catfishing, either trying to lure somebody or if it is for trying to get gift cards to pay off the IRS, whatever it is. Or, I mean, 
I didn't realize it, but I mean, apparently I've got royalty in my blood. An Algerian prince recently died, and he wants to give me $3 million, which I had no idea. I, I always Sound thought legit. our family came from... <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> the grammar was a little sketchy in the email, got to say. Yes. And the email address yeah, from which yeah. it came, it was not anything official, but apparently I have an Algerian prince who's a relative. But those kinds of yeah, things, and that, that is something to look at. If the grammar's bad, and I, like, I'm yes. a grammar geek, I get it. But if every other word is misspelled, it's probably not going to be a legitimate IRS or Correct. social security <laughs> division. That's a, yeah, that's a great point. I just had this conversation a couple of days ago with somebody because we'll, we'll find somebody that says, hey, uh, I got this happening. Check, check this out. And that's what this person did to me. And I read the message out loud to them. Now, to be perfectly honest, I did probably embellish the accent a little bit as I read it, just to make my point. Sound but like you're from Jersey? Read it. <laughs> no, no, far from Jersey. <laughs> the point <laughs> that I was trying to make to them was, and I said this, do you understand that this is not who you think it is? This is somebody whose primary language is not English. Now, sure. there's nothing wrong if English is not your first language. That's not right. the point. The point is this. You are saying you're somebody whose primary exactly. language is English. But the way you write, and it's not a matter of somebody with just maybe not the best grammar usage. It's clearly somebody who their brain is wired to speak and think in a different language. And when you read it out loud, it's very clear. So are you going to have the IRS message you? No. But let's just say that someday the IRS has to resort to text messaging right. or messaging you on Facebook Messenger. Let's just pretend we're in clown world and even deeper into clown world than we are and that they're sending these messages this way. My guess is, as far as I know, you still have to have a degree to work for the FBI. My guess is that you're probably going to get a message from somebody that even if they're not the best, let's face it, you know, our officers aren't always the best report writers. They make their grammatical errors. That's why I always carried a red pen when I was checking their reports before we had electronic reports. You're probably going to have somebody proofreading that report before they, or that statement before they send it out, just like a press release. You're going to have other eyes on it. So right. when they're not using the most basic rules of grammar, it's a dead giveaway. Unless it's exactly. one of your friends who just doesn't, Maybe they're from somewhere. I've got a brother-in-law from France. His text right. messages aren't always going to be like the text messages I get from L.J. Harry. But you've got to take all those <laughs> things into context. And a lot of common sense has to come into play. Where they trip you up is whatever that, whatever that bait is they're using. It could be the offer of intimacy. It could be an offer of money. But those two things are usually what's in play or the fear tactic. Right, which has to do with money. Are you giving up the money, or you're going to exactly, lose money, or gift cards? Yes, yeah, give up those gift cards. We'll take so, Outback gift cards. Not until four o'clock p.m. <laughs> right. You won't. Right. So you've got to first. You got to look past the the fear response that you have, or the whatever the longing is that you have. It could be a desire for financial security. It could be a desire for some type of intimacy. Or it just could be a fear response. I don't want to go to jail. I don't want the IRS coming here. You got to look past that for just a minute and you got to go, okay, I'm going to put that aside so I can look at this rationally. And then as you start looking and maybe even read that thing out loud, you're going to say, this does not sound like it's on the up and up. And then after you've gone through all that, the check marks uh, that you've made and, and down that list in your brain, the nice thing about law enforcement is law enforcement is there to help people. 
pick up your phone or drive by the police station or sure. flag down an officer and say, hey, do you have time to talk with me about something? Let them look at it. Chances are the community that you live in has had somebody else who has been affected by the same scam, maybe to a greater degree. Maybe that officer is going to be able to give you some insight and some reassurance. And then you can know that it's, okay, I'm going to block this. It's not legitimate. I just talked to an officer. That's what the police are for. So when all else fails, go to your local law enforcement, show them what you've received, talk to them about it. They're not going to make fun of you. They're not going to arrest uh, you. They're not yeah. going to say, yeah, we're working hand in hand with them. You do owe the IRS money. Put your hands behind your back. Put your hands behind your back. But first, drive me right. to Walgreens to get those gift cards. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, what I if I go to Kroger? Because I can get, <laughs> maybe I can go to Kroger first though, because if I get, I get four times the fuel points off <laughs> gift card. Right. Yes. So before yeah. I go to jail, maybe I can bequeath my loved ones my my fuel points, <laughs> or the or whatever the estate is you have in Algeria coming to you. Exactly, exactly. See, I'll there be able to bail myself out in my once that estate clears. They okay. don't know who you are, do they? <laughs> they don't. They don't know who I am. I'm the Algerian. Know how great, 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 great nephew. Yes, <laughs> right. <laughs> One of the cool things I saw when I was driving around Mount Vernon is there is a sign on the public square on the east side that I believe it reads secure internet exchange location or something like that, mm-hmm. yeah. which I found out yeah. that's, mm-hmm. that's a place where, if I'm not mistaken, is under surveillance, that if yeah. you are on Marketplace and you find something you really want and you don't really know because, I mean, years ago, Craigslist, there, had that, there was that incident with, well, I think he was called the Craigslist killer who would lure people into yeah. Craigslist and then take their lives. Yeah. So they have this right. this cool place in Mount Vernon, and doubtless there are other other cities as well, where this is a, a secure place. It's a public place. Mm-hmm. It is under surveillance yeah. that you would meet somebody there in order to yeah. buy whatever they're selling on Marketplace, or I don't sure. even know if Craigslist is still with us anymore. But mm-hmm. how important it is, how important is it, and what security measures do we need to take to stay safe when somebody is buying something mm-hmm. off of Marketplace or somewhere like that? To where we don't yeah. know the house we're going to, and yeah. or if we're selling something, we don't know the person who's coming to our house. What measures should we take to survive yeah. social media in that regard? Well, you would think that that, I mean, it's a great question. You'd think that it's, it's almost common sense, but people don't really realize that social media really sets them up to be victimized in a large way because they're putting on pictures of their home the inside of their home, the location of their home, where they work, sometimes what their hours are, when they go, go on vacation, whether they have pets. So if you really wanted to build a little file on somebody because you're going to take advantage of them, you're going to break into their house, or you're going to abduct them, or you're going to harm them in some way, too often there are people putting stuff out, putting things out there that are just going to give away everything about their life right down to their schedule, where they work. You can find out so much. Now, do most criminals go to that extreme? Not necessarily. But when you start selling, and I sell a marketplace, I buy a marketplace, I love it. But I don't ever use my home location. We're going to meet somewhere, like one of the spots you're talking about. And I have been to places. In fact, I just went to a place a couple weeks ago. We were in Columbus, so I made the trip count, and I had uh, purchased something off to somebody. They let me right into their apartment building. Now, there's probably enough security in there that 
nothing could have happened. So maybe they felt a little more confident. I never had eyes on this person. So hats off to this person who's a female. She doesn't know me. But then again, she can also go on my social media and see that she's selling to somebody they saying he's a police officer. Um, so she could probably very easily check that out with a little bit of uh, Google searching and find out that, okay, he's really a police officer. I'm probably safe. But I still know the building she's coming in and out of. And I don't know that that would be enough for me to, to, to try to target her if I was a bad guy, but it's still a piece of her life that she has shared with me. So sure. I would recommend being very guarded about your work schedule, pictures of your kids, uh, your vacations. Don't put pictures of your vacations on Facebook when you're on your vacation. Right. I'm going to break into his house. While home alone. That would have been prime for home alone. <laughs> like, well, they are in oh, Paris because there's the Eiffel. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So just little things that, that really should be common sense, but it doesn't mean that people are careless or stupid or neglectful. It just means that social media is just constructed in such a way that it's just so easy. You don't even think about it. What harm is a good point. In posting something that gives away where I am every day at this time, or sure. that I'm out of town altogether, or that whatever the case may be, here's what the inside of my home looks like, or things like that. So I try to be very guarded, and I encourage other people to be very guarded because you and I, the people listening to us right now, they don't think the way seasoned, experienced criminals think. There is an element of our society, a small portion of people out there who think in very creative ways of how they can hurt people. You don't know if that person that is contacting you through marketplace is in that little small percentage of people. So err on the side of caution. Be careful. I recommend not going alone to these meetups. Even if there's going to be a camera there, don't go alone. Have somebody with you. So all those little things that you and I didn't have to think about 20 years ago. They didn't have to prepare us when we were coming through school for all of those traps that could be waiting for us. But the right. things that we have to make people aware of now that they just might not even think of, it might not even cross their mind. And it's good counsel. Very good counsel. I I got a call from Andrea or text the other day. She was working at an area in the St. Louis City area. And she said, hey, just letting you know, I'm entering the neighborhood of da-da-da. And we have Life360, which is helpful. Because I can see where yeah. she is. She can see where I am. And that's also part of that accountability, which is good. Yeah. And yeah. she just let me know, hey, this is where I'm, I am. And if you don't see me again, because it was a dangerous part of the city, if you don't see me again, I was last found yeah. at. I mean, and that yeah. that's a jarring realization that somebody you love is going deep into an area they're unfamiliar with, I'm unfamiliar with, sure. and that who knows what could happen there. So we at least have that communication. Yeah. That's part of her job. So that's one of those things where it's unavoidable, but she's still made those safeguards. This is where I am. This is where I'm going. Be at this address. If you don't hear from me for a little while, this is where I was. So, I mean, that Mm -hmm. helps a little bit if you have to go into those situations, but I like your, your idea of taking somebody with you. So at least you have, Mm -hmm. at least you have two people there versus just one kind of creating a small pack, if you will, make it a little harder to attack the pack than just one person. Let's absolutely, yeah. man. You're you're absolutely right about a series. We could do an entire series on social media. Let's talk about some of the things so. you'd mentioned earlier. Not getting in the fray with the debate. Mm-hmm. I've yet to see anybody, whether it's politics, religion, sports, whatever. I've yet to see anybody comment in the comments. You know what? 
I really thought about what you typed above there, and you're right. I was wrong. And yeah, I would like yeah. to come to your side and see things from your point of view from here on out. I've never seen that. It's always it happen. It just devolves. It it starts yeah. off as a pretty casual, yeah. calm conversation, and then it devolves into screaming yeah. and yelling and all caps it does. and yeah. seven exclamation yeah. points in one sentence. It just I've never seen it yeah. do good. So I think a rule right. of thumb. Mm-hmm. is don't fight on social media. That is not right. the place for it. I mean, obviously yeah. fighting is not really constructive unless unless you're having constructive conflict resolution. And there are two issues and you're trying to bring healing and resolution to one another, reconcile, you're trying to win a friend, not an argument. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But social media is not the place for that. At the very right. At the very most with social media, we should use private messaging for anything like that. If if you can't get a hold of them by phone or in person, we yeah. could use that yeah. as an option, but not yeah. for all the world to see. I've never seen that yeah. do good for anybody. Especially, I think, if as a Christian, a uh, believer should not be engaging in those kind of debates. Uh, I, I think that there's right. a place for debates, and I think there's a place for public discussion. But you're right. You're not going to win them over. And it's incredible no. that you may not even be engaging in a post that started out. I was on one just this week because, as you know, I, I'm a house junkie. I love old houses. This was a post about a rehab on a colonial or Victorian home. I can't remember which now. That, believe it or not, in the comments section goes from this post about the update on this person's renovation right to a conversation as if they're arguing theology. And I thought, oh, how in the world did they jump to here? And it it's kind of like if you've never read any physics books, what happens every time you read a physics books? What area do they always venture into? It does. You can read a book on quantum physics, and there's always conversation about God, right? It always comes back. To God. Right. I think people have a God-shaped hole in their heart, as somebody once said. And so those conversations end up going down those trails that you might jump into something that you didn't expect. And the next thing you know, you're doing battle with this person. And sometimes it's a battle of wits with an unarmed person, but that doesn't give you the right to go in there and shred them and destroy them. We've got an to person witness. <laughs> that was yeah, awesome, a battle of wits with an unarmed person. <laughs> I could shred oh, that's them a in a moment, media. but I won't do it. You could. Yes. You could. You, you could, but don't. Machine. But don't. <laughs> right. Just don't. Right. And yeah. speaking of don't, don't be impulsive. People are going to do things yeah. and say things about you to you, about your family to your family. The the worst thing you could do yeah. is let all that emotion and pent-up anger and frustration and all of that just get into your fingers. And oh, you yeah. post this impulsive, point. scathing yeah. post. That's and then the word. When, yeah. when cooler heads prevail, mm-hmm. you realize, I really did more harm than help. I, I In fact... Yeah. Many times you harm the people you're trying to help. You, you harm your own family. Yeah. You harm the people who you're trying yeah. to defend, and you end up hurting them in the process. Yeah. There are collateral damage because you couldn't control your emotion. There is. And you wake up and in the morning damage and go, is, yeah. the damage is done. You could delete the it's post, done, yeah. but it was already yeah. out there. People saw it. Yeah. They screenshotted it. Screenshotted? Yeah. Screenshot. I don't know <laughs> what the plural yeah, yeah, past tense would be for that, <laughs> but they took a screenshot of it, and now it's, yeah. it's saved on somebody's phone for right. all the world to see if they want yeah. to release it. Yeah. So right. don't be impulsive. Right. I know there are some times you're like, that's it. Yeah. That's it. I've had it. But 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we are yeah. definitely going to say something we regret. Proverbs teaches us mm-hmm. a fool gives full vent to his anger, but Ooh. it is to the glory of a man to overlook a wrong. Sometimes yeah. it's right not to demand our rights and it's right to just let things yeah. go, not sin in our lives. But if somebody comes right. against us with this or that and the other, we don't always have to defend yeah. ourselves. Sometimes it's right to just yeah. overlook it, overlook an offense, overlook an insult, and just move on. And I know in our culture, we think, oh, no, 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 no. They did me wrong. I'm going to get them back. But that's not what Jesus taught. Yeah. He taught if someone's going to insult right. you so badly that they backhand you across the face, don't backhand Ooh. them back. In fact, yeah. just stand there, turn the other cheek, and let them backhand or let them slap you on the other side of the face. Yeah. But don't. Yeah. Don't go on social media. Don't don't be impulsive and and don't gossip. Yeah, yeah. right. Don't right. Not even right. not even in the form of a prayer request. <laughs> this is sanctified gossip. Yeah, you're right, posting. Right. Hey, please pray for her. I just heard she and her husband are about to separate. Pray. I'm sure. really concerned. Yeah. Don't do yeah. that. <laughs> That's still gossip. It looks. It sounds like a prayer request. It looks like a prayer yeah. request, but it's gossip. It's not. And and I think with social media, the other the other pitfall with it is, it changes the dynamics of your relationship with other people so greatly to the point where when you mention that you've fired back, and I love that word impulsively done so because how do you go to them hat in hand when you're sorry later when the mm-hmm. heads have prevailed. And mm-hmm. do that through a social media platform. I don't think you're going to get that expression across like you should. I think social media by design eliminates humility. And when you talk about it those, does. those prayer requests, air quotes around prayer requests, you know, it makes me think of people who also will pose these videos of this great benevolent action that they're performing or the bragging moment of, and there's nothing wrong with being grateful for what God gives you, but look how blessed I am and look how favored oh, yeah, I am. Yeah. And, and, and I had the honor of being honored and I had this, those posts drive me oh, crazy because they are, it, we just, there's no humility. Uh, social no, media no. allows you to, social media I think says, here's this platform, check your humility at the door, come and just right. tell the world about you, how great you are. And I think that can be very dangerous to a believer, to anybody really. But I think believers really need to be watchful of that, that they don't forget their humility. Social media has given people who have never had a pulpit or a podium, a pulpit and a podium. Mm -hmm. If it, so here's the deal. If social media gives us a pulpit and a podium, let's use it. But let's, (laughs) let's share the gospel, not, Gossip and bad news and and all that. Yeah. Now this, I don't even know how I really feel about this, but I think I do. Yeah. If if you go, just shock and awe, scorched earth on social media about somebody, and you're impulsive and you're mad and you're you're going to let the world know why they're wrong. Yeah. When cooler heads prevail, and when you do Mm -hmm. realize that you hurt them. I believe yeah. confession should be as public as the sin. So yeah. it would be wrong to go scorched earth on social media and how they're a horrible, wicked, unrighteous, idolatrous, adulterous person, and then yeah. privately reconcile. Sure. 
I believe, yeah. and again, I, I don't, I don't really know, I don't really know how strongly I believe in this, but I believe it. I think I believe it. I believe I believe it. <laughs> I believe. If it. I did that on social, for the world to see, yeah, I need to go then. I need to go to them privately, absolutely, I and agree. reconcile. Yeah, I but I also need to go on social that. media for the world to see, and let the world know that I was wrong in yeah. what I did or said. Absolutely, yeah. I, I think that's that's very wise. I think that's a, a, that, that shows your heart. And you mentioned a second ago about using that pulpit the right way, and it made me think. It's something I saw on social media just recently. Maybe you've seen it, but it's a little reel this guy does, and he plays two parts. He plays the part of himself getting to heaven. He plays the part of Paul the Apostle who walks in and says, "You just got here from the 21st century. Did you have an iPhone?" We got had an iPhone, and he says, "Oh my gosh, did you have TikTok? Did you have? Did you have Facebook? Did you have Instagram? Yeah, I had all those things." He said, "Oh man, I would have loved to have been alive in that time. How many people did you win to Christ?" Exactly. Pretty great point he's making. And the and the guy who just gets to heaven goes, "Uh." uh. <laughs> so exactly. I imagine in that moment he's thinking of all the things that he posted about that had nothing to do with the with kingdom work and with with glorifying yes. God. And yes. will Paul really say, oh, dude, did you have an iPhone? I got to ask you about right. your iPhone. Or in your case, did you have an Android? And That's why right. Yes, an I iPhone? did, Paul. Okay. Yes, I yeah. had an Android. <laughs> and Paul would have had an Android, I promise you. Oh, you took it away from been. He would not have been so limited by proprietary software. He would have had an Android. <laughs> he was okay, an open well, source kind of guy. He was a to the Gentiles kind of guy. <laughs> All right, so here's what we'll do. All of our <laughs> listeners should weigh in. Would Paul have been an iPhone guy or an Android guy? Let's hear Apple it. Go to Android. Go to Facebook.com slash Vernon Chaplins. You'll find this social media post, or you'll find, yeah, you'll find this video, but you'll also find our social media, Facebook.com slash Vernon Chaplins. Paul was an Android Android guy, yes, or an iPhone guy. Yep. Probably not. Right. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. And I think he would have used social media because when you said, when you talked about this a little bit ago, my thought was, imagine if Paul, all of a sudden, Paul sends you a friend request or sends you an instant message. Right. How how concerned are you going to be to open? If Paul has a letter for you via Facebook Messenger, is it going to be a good letter or is it going to be a letter... You really, really don't want to read. <laughs> That's right. It's probably one of those Corinthian letters you don't want to read. Yes. So let's wrap yes. let's wrap up by some of the more of the do's rather than the don'ts. Here are some things, mm-hmm. here are ways to not only survive social media, but use it for the glory of God. Share what yeah. God is doing in your life. Man, right. you should have seen what God did Sunday. There's a social media post going around right now about a gentleman up in Michigan, which, yes... Mm-hmm. The Lord moves up in Michigan. That's for all those Ohio State-Michigan rivals. You understand. If you know, you know. <laughs> right. right. But he, he was being baptized in the name of Jesus, and he's, he was blind. He came out of the water, and he looked at the pastor. You can see in the video, it's amazing. He comes out of the water, and all of a sudden, he just looks around, and as if he's seeing for the first time, because he is, he was baptized, wow. and he came out of the water, not only forgiven, yeah. but seeing it was amazing. Ooh. So that's going on social media. And then we just had amazing general conference in Indianapolis, Indiana, moves of God, powerful moves of God. And so that's floating all over social media. When that Asbury revival broke out, people were talking about that yeah. all over social media. Share what God is doing in your local church. Share what God is doing in your personal life. 
God was dealing with me about this, or I was reading this in the book of Isaiah today, and the Lord helped me to see this. It's not necessarily just trying to make all of us into preachers, but we are using this opportunity to reach people from here all the way over to Australia with the gospel. Part of what we're doing here, this podcast. If if you have a word or if you've got something you want to share with people, perhaps a podcast Mm -hmm. might be an option for you. But I've known, I've seen people sharing daily verses or weekly verses or just anything that will glorify God. Let's use social media to tell the world who Jesus is, how to get right with him, and what he's doing in our lives. That, just to your point, if Paul had social media, my goodness, he could have done and would have done so much more with it for the glory of God rather than trying to tear other people down or build himself Mm up. Yeah, and if you don't remember all the little rules that I live by, here's one that you can just always go by. Seek first the kingdom of God. Does it glorify God? What you're about to say or do or post or the yes. picture you're going to put out there, does it glorify God? Pretty easy test. Pretty easy test, absolutely. And so that, from the preacher and the policeman point of view, is just a few short ways you can survive social media. You don't have to delete it, yeah. but use it for the glory of God. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us to do just that, to use these these technologies he's given us and or that he has given men and women wisdom and knowledge to know how to put together. So now we have this at our disposal to be able to reach the world in just a click. Let's ask yeah. the Lord to help us to use that for his glory. Jesus, thank you so much for the privilege we have to live in this 21st century with all the technology and all the communication and connection we have Help us to use it to glorify you. If we have ever used it in time past to tear others down or build ourselves up, please forgive us if our motive has been other than the glory of God or the cause of discipleship or blessing others. Would you forgive us and use us to reach others, use us to share the gospel, use us to show other people all around the world who you are and what you're doing in our lives and let them know the hope that what you have done for us, you certainly can and will do for them. I ask you, Lord, help us to stay safe. Keep your hand upon us. Help us to be wise. Help us to be accountable. Help us to stay not only physically, but emotionally, mentally safe from social media and on social media. We ask you all of this and thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, thanks, policeman. Great to be back with you on another episode. Be sure to Visit us, facebook.com slash Vernon Chaplin, as we want to know, was Paul an Android or an iPhone user? We want to hear what you have to say. And even if you're an iPhone user, you can guess Android. And even if you're an Android user, you can guess Android. So it's completely unbiased and objective. So let us know, (laughs) facebook.com slash Vernon Chaplin. So you'll find the question right there. Hey, next month or year, depending on when we get back together, we're going to be back with another episode where we do our very best to mix in the gospel with current events, and then we try to share a heaping helping of humor on the preacher and the policeman. Until then, I am the preacher. I'm LJ. And I'm the policeman. I'm Andy. (laughs) So be blessed. (laughs) Be safe. (laughs) 